Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast with the birthday boy. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother in Los Angeles. That is me, Ryan Newman. And by the other brother in San Diego. And that's me, Trey Newman. And Michael, you, you forgot to, to, to mention, everyone needs to wish Ryan a happy birthday. It's his birthday this week. Ooh, that is right. November 12th. November right. 12th. Go, go yeah. to uh, at Ryan F. Newman 1 on Twitter. Wish Ryan a happy birthday. How old are you turning? Uh, 33. The big double, double three. <laughs> the big double the three. Big double three. Double three. That's what they double all three. say. The classic. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, also be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at CFB Bros. Uh, subscribe both on YouTube and your podcast app. It just helps more people find the show. Uh, and before we get into our week 10 recap, Ryan, you, you said you have something very important to share with the listeners. Better be um, good. Yeah, sure do. I got a haircut, Mike. What do you think? Wow, big well, news big news i, I didn't right. mention it for a reason ryan so i got a mohawk so there you that's the big <laughs> yeah right <laughs> uh no yeah our sponsor here guys uh my bookie so you can go on to mybookie.ag. so whether it's uh you know this 2020 has been a weird year you got college football starting late of course you had the nba bubble ufc fight island college basketball is getting a late start as, as well so it's just been weird baseball was in kind of a unique situation so you need a sports book with offers unlike any other. Um, you know, you can get some skin in the game with my bookie where you get odds boosts, you get lightning deals, you get free bets um, all season long. And of course, with uh, Turkey Day coming up, I mean, that's the time that you want to get some action. And you got some time off. What better time to sit in front of your couch, watch some sports, have a little skin in the game. It's a great time for it. Um, you know, whether you're a first time better or you're an experienced player, my bookie is a great option. They have great value. They also have a full-fledged casino. They get all the games that you can imagine for for a casino. So if you want to join, go to mybookie.ag. Use the promo code CFBROS, all caps, um, and they will match, what, half of your deposit, first deposit, right? So if you put in a grand, put in $1,000, they will match it up to $500. So uh, join mybookie.com today, or mybookie.ag today, excuse me. All righty. Uh, let's uh, recap week 10 quickly. And uh, there is one game that we have to go a little bit in depth on because it was game clearly are you talking about Michael. I don't know what you're uh, I'm talking about UTEP. And <laughs> I don't remember oh. who UTEP played this weekend. If I they did. did they I know play? they played UTSA <laughs> this weekend, but Ooh. I liked the uh, I mean, we kind of hinted at it in our image. If you're watching on on YouTube, I liked Sarah's image with the the wristband. That yeah, was a yeah. Nice touch a nice going one. with this for this Clemson Notre Dame game. Lots of huddling. Yeah, yeah. So Notre Dame beat Clemson forty-seven forty. That's of course the game we're talking about. Game of the year, double overtime. Um, Trey, what uh, what went on here? Yeah, I mean it seesawed back and forth. First drive for the Irish. Williams ripped off a sixty-five yard touchdown run, and the first half, first half, Notre Dame was up ten. You kind of think it might be too much for Clemson without Trevor Lawrence on the road, but then Clemson they storm back, they take the lead by seven with a few minutes left, and that happened just after Ian Book had fumbled into the end zone. Venables actually stripped it out right around the three or four yard line, and 
right there, the narrative was kind of set. You know, Notre Dame can't win big games. Ian Book just doesn't have it. But then Book let a clutch, what was it, eight-play, 91-yard drive to score the tying touchdown with under 30 seconds to go. And then, of course, like you mentioned, they were able to pull it out in, in double overtime. But when you break down the game, Uyunglele for Clemson, he was amazing. 439 yeah. yards, most ever by a, for a Notre Dame opponent. Um, but you could really tell in this game, Notre Dame's plan was just to shut down ETN and the rushing attack, which they did. They held Clemson only 34 yards rushing. And even though they gave up all those passing yards for uh, Uyunglele, their physical defense was one of the reasons why they pulled it out. Um, so, Ryan, what you what you see here? Yeah, I mean, you kind of alluded to it, but I just think the line play by Notre Dame was just kind of what won them the game here. I mean, that they've kind of been known for having a great offensive line here for the past few years. That certainly didn't let them down today, or well, not today, but on Saturday. Um, and then D-line, wait, wait, of wait, wait, wait. Before you say anything else, we need to go to replay review. And see what oh, happened with oh, what oh. you what you had to say. <laughs> yeah, it was a oh lot of uh, the replay review officials were busy. That was unlike anything I've ever seen. <laughs> it was They're like, very I choppy. understand reviewing some plays, but oh my gosh, it got ridiculous there. But yes, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, Ryan. no, I, I can't stand that when it's that when it's like obvious plays. Like, come on now, guys, let's go. But hey, I guess it's better that than the other way around. I suppose. Just, you know. Yeah, when they yeah. don't review a play that needs to yeah, be Yeah, when they don't review a play at all, it's like, what are you, what, what, come on. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there was a game that happened not that long ago where I couldn't believe they didn't review it. Oh, I think it was an NFL game I was talking about. I think it was like an Eagles Monday oh, yeah, night game Eagles. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, the line play, though, from Notre Dame, just stellar. Um, and also, you know, I, I kind of said it, I haven't said it, I guess, with a super opinionated tone, but I think Brian Kelly is underrated. You know, I, I've thought that for a little while now he went you know he had a four and eight year back in like 2016 and you know people were kind of like oh hot seat you know we should maybe get rid of him but you know the year before they went they went to the fiesta bowl the year after they went 10 games finished 11th in the country i mean he has been awesome for notre dame if you can remember where they were where he took over you know like they they, it's not like notre dame was just some high-flying program you know weiss struggled towards the end and charlie weiss struggled i mean they so what he's done has been remarkable in my eyes yeah, and for me, he's really even risen in the last like two or three years. You know, yeah. if you're counting this this start to the year as well, because you know, I actually looked back at the first. I don't remember exactly how long he's been there, but you look at the first like I think this is eleventh year. I think two thousand eleventh year was his first uh, year. Okay, so you look at like the first six or seven years, and that that national championship. Well, they didn't win it when kind they got the killed by Alabama. That it was kind of the outlier. You know, there was mostly three plus loss seasons. Of course, one of them was eight loss. I think you just said. Yeah. Um, Still good, still a lot of good years, but the last, like I say, two and a half here have been excellent. Yep, yep, and you know, so I'm as far as you know his coaching resume goes. I'm glad he got this win, like just because it's such a huge win. It's probably the biggest win of his career up to this point. I mean, it's a huge knockoff to knock off a number one team, Um, Mm -hmm. and it's just I'm as far as his coaching ability. I think it just I'm glad he gets the credit for this because he's been awesome. Um, even though Clemson is, they're not the same team they were last year. I think we can all agree their their defense just isn't quite up as, as quite as good as they were. They're still good. I'm not trying to say that. Yeah, but yeah, maybe I think they're a little bit back. Well, they've you, played you, a couple you, close games before. I mean, 
before today. It wasn't just or before the Saturday. Notre Dame wasn't their first only outlier, right? Yeah, and Boston they, College was a close Boston game. College. Syracuse was hung with them till the late third quarter. So yeah, I'm just saying That's they're not true. as dominant. I will say they were, and in this game in particular, and just the past couple of weeks have been dealing with some key injuries on defense. Of True. course, Skalski and Tyler Davis. Uh, True, Mike. Yeah, so they've 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 had some crucial injuries, and obviously Trevor Lawrence. So that yeah. uh, that matters, even though Uyunglele was great. <laughs> Uyunglele has been, I know, pretty darn good. It's still you're still without yeah. Trevor Lawrence, so might have had yeah. some effect, but. Um, but yeah, so I guess I'm not too worried about Clemson. I know you weren't saying you're worried about them, but right. um, I guess the one I mean, thing, though, from this the game... They're still the favorite that, to go win the conference. Obviously, yeah. Um, the offensive line getting dominated like they did. I know Notre Dame really keyed in on the run, but I think... I mean, they haven't been able to run the ball super well this year compared to mm-hmm. compared to last year, to your your point, Ryan. So yeah. um, I guess that's a little bit of a concern when you're talking about a national championship potential run exactly but uh but for notre dame yeah you say it's a huge win obviously because they we talked about this on our patreon episode you can you can check that out but we said if notre dame wins this game well now i'm going to give away the goods right here but that's okay uh there's they can still make the uh the playoff even with a loss to clemson in the in the acc title they would have a very strong case they'd yeah if they lose clemson if they get blown out okay maybe it's a little different but you know, they lose a close one to Clemson in the title game. That'd be, be tough very team to leave out. Leave. How crazy was the uh, the field storming? Oh, <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. yeah. I mean, that was like, that was a full-on, the field yeah. was covered. Like, that was a normal field storm. Yeah, that was that not was, good. That was, was not good. And I'm not even, you know, a Corona bro, but that was that was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that I was, mean, I think we're all trying was, to be careful, so that's that not ideal. That was a little bit of a letdown. That was uh, whoopsie-daisy. I mean, I know they beat number one. It's a great win, but... Uh, Oops. Oops. <laughs> Oops. Uh, all right. Uh, what other takeaways from, from week 10 did you have? We, we each got to come up with three here, Ryan. So what's, what's yeah. number one for you? I'm going with just the, 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 the uh, Georgia-Florida game. Uh, that one, I mean, I think it just attributes to the fact now that uh, great offense beats great defense nowadays in, in this day and age. I mean, Florida, obviously they had the better offense. And I kind of alluded to it before the game last week's pod is like i'm just gonna go with a better quarterback here like it's the the talent gap between trask and bennett was just too big like georgia's a great team they're still really really good but they're so limited at that position that they just can't overcome that deficit right so um i I still think georgia's got a really good defense it's just when georgia didn't uh, georgia's offense couldn't stay on the field just kept putting them in holes and holes and holes, and it's just hard to kind of. They had you know, they had some chances too. There, there were some receivers that were streaking open that the yeah exactly. Just so it's just it's such a letdown. The defense can't you know you can't blame all that on the D. So I, especially I, when the they, defense, of course, sorry, they weren't at a full strength either. So exactly, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, you know. But uh, as far as that QB position goes, I mean, you know, Bennett. Okay, he, he you know what you're going to get. He's just not. Uh, he's the game manager at best, right? Mm-hmm. Demon Mathis is just not the answer at this point of his career yet. Um, I, hopefully, they give JT Daniels a chance next week or something. I think his arms fell off or something. He just hasn't been seen. Supposedly he might not he's be healthy reps, yet. Right? But, yeah. I mean, Mathis, there's really nothing like, to lose for, for them at this yeah. point, right? You might as well give him a chance because they got two losses. They're in the hole. Like, there's just, they're you know, for what they had planned for the season, you know, I mean, it's not over, but 
it's pretty darn close. I mean, pretty yeah. much their aspirations for the season are right. kind of done. Pretty much done. I mean, two losses, you're pretty much out. And to Florida already, you're two games behind. Yeah, they got to hope for Florida to lose a, lose a couple times. Yeah, Florida, though, hey, well, I, my, 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 uh, my playoff pick, they're, they're back in contention. So that was I impressive. Notre Dame, so. Oh, oh that's wow. right. You had Notre Dame, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking pretty good. Well, yeah, I think I picked Florida to win it all, actually. So um, that's a little bold. But hey, there you it's, go. You know, they whipped up on Georgia. So. I've, got a, I've got a ticket on uh, Florida Trash to Pitts, win man. the SEC. So I wouldn't mind that. There you go. By the way, Pitts injured, concussion, questionable this coming week. Um, he got hit. I mean, that was a brutal hit. That was, oh, that was that a brutal was hit. That was too bad. Yeah, um, that was Lewis I'm, Seen, I think, right? He got kicked out. Yeah. Yeah. He's a. Uh, yeah, that was bad, but uh, yeah. you know, at least Pitts was walked off and he looked okay. But I, I'm, I doubt he plays this week. Uh, it just seems yeah. far fetched. But even without him, Trask was still amazing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, I'm gonna go a little, little more under the radar than than Florida, Georgia. San Jose State is having a good turnaround by yeah. head coach Brent Brennan. They're now three and zero in the Mountain West after they just beat one of the Mountain West favorites, San Diego State. On the road, they were a big underdog. Two years ago, the Spartans were one and eleven. Last year, they went five and seven. And like I said, they're now they're now three and zero, and having knocked off uh, you know a top contender. Transfer Nick Starkle was the he started the year. He got injured, so Nick Nash actually came in, filled in nicely. He led the team in rushing as well um, against the Aztecs. They got top twenty five votes for the first time since twenty twelve this week. You know, they probably won't win the Mountain West or anything, but they certainly will be a factor down the stretch. So impressive turnaround. Yeah, that was, they looked dead in the water a couple of years ago, um, just as a program. I think, I, I remember one season just, uh, we were talking about hot seat coaches and just by default, we put Brent Brennan there because it's like, how are you going to dig yourself out of this hole? But here he is. Yeah, yeah it's been, that's, um, that's been impressive. Uh, okay, so my first takeaway was, I mean, if there was any question last week, which I think there uh, there was as to who the, the best team going into the season in the Pac-12 is, I think that's kind of been answered. Uh, I think it's Oregon, not USC. So Oregon, yeah, Ryan, you're still iffy. Oregon really didn't dominate that game. I agree. Uh, Stanford did move the ball pretty well. They just shot themselves in the foot every time they got into the red zone. I think Jet Toner was 0 for 4. King Ran Gables. out of ink. He, the ch- ah, nice. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> um, but but still, I, that's that side of the ball. I'm not as concerned about with with Oregon. I know they lost s- some key pieces in the secondary, but I think the defense will be good. So that one performance, I'm not not panicking there. But the offense, I really liked what I saw from them. Tyler Shuck was good with five new starters on the offensive line. They were able to run the ball really well. They were really efficient uh, in that game against Stanford. So. I I still think I mean they ended up winning thirty five fourteen. I, I think they played well, whereas USC did not at all. They needed a miracle to beat ASU. Uh, they were down twenty seven fourteen with three minutes left, and ASU's win probability was ninety nine point nine percent on ESPN dot com mm. because because USC at that time was facing a fourth and thirteen, and they end up you know they're they ASU jumped offside so. Um, Keaton Slovis wisely just threw it up in the end zone and it bounced off one of our receivers hands into another. So just kind of a crazy play to keep the game alive. Uh, we got the onside kick 
And and then on that drive to to win the game, Keaton Slovis converted a fourth and nine through like a twenty yard touchdown pass. Thought you to, scored too quick. Yeah, might have scored a little too quick, but I on fourth and nine, Bakers can't be choosers yeah, there. <laughs> so uh yeah, he threw a great pass to Drake London. Drake London had a, a big game. Drake London's legit. He is. Um but anyway, uh, my point was there, though, that USC did not look good. The offense for most of the game struggled to move the ball. Uh, defensively, it looked like the same old issues. The linebackers were not tackling very well at all. The run defense was bad. So, I don't know. It just kind of looked like USC's maybe a borderline top 25 team. I know I'm inferring a lot from one game, whereas it looked like Oregon. And maybe could... you're underselling ASU a little bit, too. I guess so. Yeah, their defense solid. definitely played well. Uh, Marvin Lewis's uh come in come in and game one they look good i was i was impressed with the game plan he game plan he had against uh yeah he was there last year just not as the dc right so he was kind of like yeah, he an, was Antonio yeah, Pierce, analyst. the co dc yeah and i mean it yeah. was a 9 a.m game first game of the year asu like you're kind of you're kind of you're too harsh i think on on sc <sighs> Man, right now i don't know i just saw the i don't know that's I, that's what i saw i saw a team that looked to me like a borderline yeah, top 25 well, team whereas oregon yeah. to me looks like maybe a top 10 team i mean We'll see. Mm. Okay, I think you're maybe overselling Oregon here a little bit. If I'm if I'm Cal, if I'm UW, I'm encouraged by what I saw on the field. Obviously, they didn't play last week, so I'm encouraged by what I saw from the other teams. Like, okay, we can, you know, Oregon wasn't dominant. Uh, USC obviously wasn't, you know. So I think we saw some like, hey, you, you know, there's it's it's up for grabs. That conference is really up for grabs. Yeah, if anyone can uh, get their you yeah. know COVID situations under control. We'll get to yeah. that. Yeah. Um, all right. Next takeaway. All right. My next takeaway, uh, the Big Ten East, just like, what's going on, man? It's a weird, <laughs> what is going on in that conference? Indiana is 3-0. They beat Penn State and they beat Michigan, the latter of which they whooped up on pretty good. That game wasn't really even close. They beat the Maize and Blue pretty handily. Maryland is sitting at 2-1 and one after winning at Penn State. What is going on? Penn that State's 0-3. Was... Whoa. Yeah. yeah. What happened with Penn State there? Like, I mean, that's just a ridiculous I mean, <laughs> Uh, Michigan's one and two. It, the, the the conference is flip flop. Rutgers has got a win, and they they host Illinois this week with a legit chance to win a couple games. Like it just seems like I mean, other than Ohio State, which you know that's expected, but everything else seems like out of flux. Like what's going on here? It's just it's nuts. It's nuts. It, it really is. is. Uh, I'm gonna go back to the Pac-12. Uh, Nick Rolovich and Wazoo. They should be fun to watch and it's a a great marriage uh the Cougs they went they were without more than 30 players including probably their best player Max Borgi uh but still went on the road to Corvallis and beat the Beavers 38 28 uh true freshman Jaden Delora got the start if you haven't seen a picture of his hair his hair is next level like (laughs) two-toned um but he showed some great flashes uh of brilliance I mean he's only a true freshman he'll make some mistakes but he he looked the part and and it's encouraging for the Cougs uh that that what's what's kind of what we're not used to seeing with Wazoo is they actually ran for 229 yards in this game led by Dion McIntosh um they have the playmakers on the outside as we know so they might not you know they're not going to win the Pac-12, but they're. I'm going to enjoy watching their shootouts this fall. Yep. Uh, okay. My next takeaway is that uh, a match not made in heaven would be Utah State and Gary Anderson. At least not. Oh God. In round two here because yeah, round two rarely works out, huh? Oh, yeah. yeah. Mac Brown. So true. Far. True. But uh, but anyway, Gary Anderson has been fired. Very quick trigger there because last year was his first year back. There's, I looked, their season win total before last year was seven, 
and they ended up winning seven games. So he basically met expectations. Uh, and so it's crazy that three games into to year two here, he's already been fired. But it was a really bad three games. They got blown out. They clearly look to be falling off a little bit of a cliff here. So um, what did he he sabotaged himself like just his in his career trajectory? You mean <laughs> what did he just like stopped coaching Wisconsin when it's just like the easiest place to win? I know. He's got to essentially stand there and let the guys run the ball. Like <laughs> it's just. And then he yeah. then he goes to stepped, Oregon State. Yeah, stepped down at Oregon State, kind of in the middle of the year, if I remember right, something like that. Yeah, so, it was. Speaking yeah. of Utah State, Matt Wells, he went to Texas Tech, mm-hmm. and Texas Tech this past weekend they were down nine. They have three timeouts left. They had a second and four at TCU's nineteen yard line. Yeah. He kicked a field goal and they missed it. But like, I understand why you're trying to kick the field goal, but not in that situation. There's like over a couple minutes. If you it's have the, fourth you down. Only do, yeah. And yeah, it was second and four. You only do that if there's like under a minute and you just, yeah. you have to get the two scores. There was over a couple minutes. What was it? It was, there was over a couple minutes. They had three timeouts. And that is they crazy. Mi- like, it was a terrible call. Like, no, it, unbelievable. So yeah, that it, Utah it just, State it's coaches baffling so some good. of the decisions out there. Like w- w- it was, you had an advantage. You have the your second and short. Uh, like why would you? Crazy. You know, maybe if it was like second and twenty, because you just got a huge sack. You know, and you're like, wow, even my chance. Even so. but even then, I would say no. But at least I would understand it a little bit more. Like really bad. That's just uh, bad, 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 bad. Hmm. Uh, Michael, your turn, right? That was his. No, it's your turn. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, I got to go to uh, South Carolina here. Will Muschamp. Ooh, man, not looking good. It looks like his time may be coming to an end there. Two games in a row where they just get beat up on. Uh, you know, they got whooped up 48 to 3 by A&M. Just not competitive in the in the slightest. Last week they got whooped up, or it might have been two weeks ago. I can't remember, but they beat, they got blown out by LSU, who was with their backup quarterback. So they just, they are not looking good. They're heading in the wrong direction. They're sitting at two and four. They do have a few winnable games left, but, you know, with the way they're playing, I mean, it seems like they'd be lucky to win one of those. They just start playing so, so bad. So, I mean, they had a decent win against Auburn like three or like three weeks ago, but ever since then, boom, straight down and straight down. So it's not looking good there for them. Yeah. And speaking of coaches in trouble, Les Miles has to be in trouble. He's, I completely understand it's the hardest job in the Big 12 and one of the toughest in the Power 5, but the Jayhawks, they're now 0-7. They haven't covered a game against the spread, so it tells me they're underperforming greatly. Uh, The closest game they've had all year was the opener against Coastal Carolina. They lost by 15 at home, and that was when Coastal was working working in a true freshman freshman quarterback, McCall. In his two years, he's only beaten two FBS teams. There hasn't been an uptick in recruiting, which we kind of alluded, alluded to in the off season. So I'm just not seeing much hope, hope there. No, not at all. Well, I got uh, a candidate for some of these power five jobs. Uh, I think he's a little bit above Kansas level, but Hugh freeze, uh, my, wow. my takeaways from this past weekend. I mean, it's kind of been obvious for a while now, but he's going to get a oh yeah good power five job soon. He took over a, a Liberty team that was in year two, in the FBS year one is his first year there it takes him to a bowl game eight and five and this year they've started out seven and oh they just won at Virginia Tech kind of a crazy ending they 
attempted a I think like a 59 yard field goal had it blocked for a touchdown so Virginia Tech wins but uh Justin Fuente had called a timeout before the snap so uh Liberty was like all right maybe we won't kick this field goal they get a little bit closer uh and kick a 51 yard field goal to win and they they nail it so uh yeah 7-0 they're ranked and Hugh Freeze is not untouchable like yeah that he has no. that scandal in his past but been a few years some program we've seen some other guys get a job yeah like you know that have done worse so exactly yeah he'll he'll uh, yeah he could be back next year for sure yeah. mm-hmm. they're good all right let's uh let's get to our segment i am excited about this um i i feel like i need a nickname but i don't want to give myself a nickname but let's just say i'm very good with the play index college sports reference uh, play index so just listeners Michael you guys nerd. hint hint somebody give me a nickname with with that michael the nerd no i that let's we can workshop it we don't have to we don't have to commit to it right now but how about michael the nerd Mm, again (laughs) i feel like you just said what got a ring to it though just a little bit differently Uh, um let's let's (laughs) enter though the trivia zone um i'm gonna ask you a trivia question here trivia doesn't matter what it is you have answers zone when you ask me those kind of questions, it really pisses me off. Trivia Zone. Okay, so whenever I see a really bad stat line, or a really good stat line, but usually really bad, I go straight to the play index. I want to find out just how bad it is. So, uh, unfortunately, our victim this week is Chubba Purdy, true freshman quarterback for Florida State. Granted, he's it's a tough situation for him, I understand, and didn't have a full offseason. He was injured for much of the offseason. So, listen, I think he can still be a good player, but he has made history in his first two appearances. <laughs> it's bad history. So, against Louisville, he was 0 for 9 passing, and only one player has attempted more than nine passes in a game without a completion since 2000. That's as far back as this database goes. Uh, so this was this is a tough one. I'm gonna have you guys name the player. Yeah. <laughs> um, but well, you can make a guess in the dark. It would be a miracle. But uh, yeah, no, no, I don't have a clue here. That's tough. Okay. So this this player was 0 for 10 passing in that game. It was 2005, and he played for Cal. I can give you a hint if you. Aaron Rodgers. No. That would have been crazy. <laughs> that I mean, would have been crazy. I yeah. thought he was around that time. <laughs> what about? Um, 2005 probably a little before kyle buller i think was a little before that's a good guess but no um, not kyle buller this player did not make the nfl he does uh hold a guinness world record or at least he did in 2012 he broke the record for the longest flight with a paper airplane which i remember this story but i read wow, it in his I wikipedia uh and he was another hand he was a juco transfer I believe yeah, he came Long- in after Nate, Nate, Nate Longshore got injured. Ooh, Nate Longshore. All right, you want me to want me to just tell you? You want the initials? I mean, I, I can't think of it. Yeah, give me initials. J-A. Adonde. Um, no, 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 no. Ayu. Uh, yes, yes. Wow. Uh, Josh Ayu? No. Jacob? Jacob Ayub? No. It's not Jacob Ayub? Uh i don't know it sounded familiar joe <laughs> joe oh, yeah <laughs> dang <laughs> so there you go joe ayub he was uh 0 for 10 so that's uh the only player wow. to have done worse there uh 
and I don't know if I mentioned it, but it was against Sacramento State. Ooh. Okay, so <laughs> it's a tough team to do it against. <laughs> yeah, not a good team to do it against. At all. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't against like Stanford or something. But yeah, no, although neither is Louisville to do it against for for Chubba Purdy. Well, okay. yeah. True. So uh, second appearance for Purdy all, again made history. It was this past weekend against Pitt. He had twelve completions for thirty eight yards, and I thought, wow, <sighs> that's not a lot Pretty. of yards for that many completions. So it is in fact the fewest anyone Whoa. has ever thrown for with at least 12 completions since the year 2000 but possibly ever that's just all the data even archikowski really uh he archikowski probably didn't reach 12 completions too many times that's the problem a lot of oh. seven for 19s from art Got and they don't it. count they don't count interceptions as completions so no no <laughs> exactly good point trey got it okay. so anyway I made a mistake I was so there's go. but right behind him on the list there's actually a lot of notable players so again he could still still turn out just fine but uh the previous record holder was 2002 virginia ah uh, oh smash Schaub. matt Schaub, exactly so he had the record 12 completions 43 yards wow hey there you go long NFL Captain career ch- there. check down mm-hmm. uh okay 2018 utah state chucky keaton chucky keaton Mm-mm. oh oh jordan love yeah, Jordan Love. Oh, oh duh. 53 yards. <laughs> God. Uh, 2013, right. Texas. Uh, Gear, oh, uh, uh, not McCoy. I'm gonna, or was, was it Case it McCoy? McCoy? Case McCoy, Case exactly. McCoy. <laughs> 50, 12 completions for 54 uh, yards for Case McCoy. 2015, BYU. Max Hall? Or no. No, uh, uh, Max Brown? No. Definitely no, not Max about, Brown. Um, <laughs> what about... What uh, about... No. Is it... Was it Taysom Hill? Oh, USC. oh yeah, USC and Pitt. Uh, what's that? Sorry? Taysom Not Taysom Hill? Hill. No. No, this guy was there forever. Oh, uh, uh, Mangum? Yeah, Tanner Mangum. Tanner yeah. Mangum. All right. Uh, Wait, did, there has to be some connection with Max Brown to BYU. Did he originally commit there? or? Um, I think you're thinking of, well, maybe you're just thinking of Max Hall. Uh, maybe. maybe. I'm, I probably am. Max Brown. Brown had some connection. Was there another Brown at BYU? I don't know. Not that I can remember. All right. Our and siblings. Uh, Jake Browning beat BYU. I remember that. <laughs> there you go. That must have been it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Or no, yeah, I remember sure. there was that game like Washington BYU and someone, I think Jake Browning like threw the football and they flagged him after he celebrated a touchdown and then they missed the extra point to win. Something like that. Anyway, hmm. that's, that's a, a side story there. Uh, 2014 Texas. Um. Your hint, well, I can give you a hint that'll give it to you. Um, was it Tyrone Swoops? Swoops. Yeah, Tyrone Swoops. So, that was in my head. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Good job. Texas yeah. is back, folks. All right. Uh, 2016, North Carolina. Oh, uh, Joe Mitch D- Trubisky. Oh, that was later. <laughs> Mitch Trubisky, exactly, Ryan. All right, yeah. last one. 2003, Missouri. Brad Smith. Brad yeah. Smith. Yeah, he had 12 yeah. completions for 62 good num- yards. Good names. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I Those chose the best names, names from the list. But right? Schaub, Trubisky, Brad Smith. Jordan Love. Jordan Love, like NFL guys. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Let's, uh, let's move on. That's a surprising on. stat, actually, when you think about it. How many of those guys ended up in the pros? Yeah. Yeah. You know? That's surprising. Well, like I said, I skipped the guys that, were, that I had, had never heard of. So. <laughs> oh, sorry. But uh, either way. Missed that part. Uh, let's let's go to week 11, make our picks here. And unfortunately, 
we got a lot of postponed or canceled games. So Auburn at Mississippi State, uh, both teams are actually having uh, some COVID issues. Alabama at LSU was canceled because of uh, LSU. Texas A&M at Tennessee, it was A&M, right, that was, that was having the issues. Yeah. And Memphis at Navy because of Navy. And then finally Air Force at Wyoming Air Force having the issues. Games in jeopardy, Cal at ASU. Cal is just, Berkeley's has, has some strict... Um, protocols as far as contact tracing so they're they're in jeopardy of missing their first two games here uh utah at ucla could be canceled utah they had to miss last week of course they actually had a player hospitalized so they've had uh, a lot of struggles the game too yep they they moved it from friday to saturday to give them an extra day Mm -hmm. uh and then georgia at missouri is is also in jeopardy because of missouri i believe yeah. Anyway, uh, there's probably there could be some we missed there, but uh, just keep that in mind. Yeah. This unfortunately with the SEC the, got ravaged this weekend. It did. Pac-12 has been ravaged as well. So it's it's threatening the season right now. This this spike, unfortunately, it's hitting college football as well. So hopefully that turns around. But uh, we got Maction tomorrow. Well, as we as you listen to this, probably Ooh, today. Dang. So Trey, Wednesday yeah. night Maction. What's what's the one game that that people should be watching? Well, so Wednesday, all of the, the West teams play each other, but, but this one's easy. One of the biggest MAC games of the year. Toledo plays at Western Michigan. The winner is in the driver's seat along with Central Michigan in that division. But uh, Western Michigan probably has the, the slight edge, especially since it's at home. But it's a good quarterback battle. Caleb Ellaby was efficient in week one. Toledo is led by their veteran quarterback, Eli Peters. He had a four-touchdown game last week. I, I, this is a game I'm really looking forward to watching. All righty. Let's, uh, let's move on to the SEC. We've got three double-digit underdogs here to choose from. You've got to pick one of them to win outright. Uh, so who are you taking between Arkansas at Florida, Florida's favorite 17.5, Georgia, favorite 13.5 at Missouri, and then Vandy at Kentucky, Kentucky's favorite 17. I'll go first. My choice actually is I'm going to take, you know, if the game happens, I'm going to take Missouri over Georgia as the most likely one, just because who the hell knows uh, who Georgia is going to be starting at quarterback. And they just, like we said, pretty much had, you know, their goals ended for the, for the season realistically. And Missouri's got a decent defense, so they could, they could keep this thing low scoring. Yeah, that was my two as I, you know, we saw Georgia play up against a team like Kentucky a couple, like a, a week ago and they just, you know, I mean, it was like 14, three ball game. I just, Georgia, I just don't feel confident to blow anybody out. Um, unless they're playing, you know, some FCS team maybe, but uh, against a decent team like Mizzou, Connor Basilak has had some strong moments so far this year as a freshman. He, he looks to be a promising player at quarterback for Mizzou. Um, they had a week off Missouri, so they, they had some time to prepare here. I'm with you. I think, uh, just Mizzou would have a, probably the best shot of those bunch. I agree with you guys. Those, I I kind of like Missouri. Um, I think like I think uh, Eli Drinkowitz is um, he's got a chance to to do something there. Um, but uh, just to go a little different, maybe Florida is going to be in a letdown spot against Arkansas. They just had they finally slayed the Georgia Dragon. They they now feel in control of the East. But you know Felipe Franks in a little revenge game against his old Gators. Yeah. Uh, I think the Razorback offense should be able to move the ball pretty well in the gator defense 
Traylon Smith and Ray, Raheem Boyd um, on the ground, Traylon Burks on the outside. They've they've got some some players to to at least give Florida a scare. They won't have Pittman. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Sam Pittman out with COVID. Um, but yeah, Arkansas has been beating point spreads all year. So yeah, they just they seem to play right at the level of their their competition pretty much this year. So that's yeah, I could see that. Okay, uh, and Kentucky, as far as to make the case for Vanderbilt, I know Vanderbilt's having a really really rough season, but Kentucky's had issues themselves at quarterback. Uh, we don't know if if Terry Wilson or Joey Gatewood's going to get the start on Saturday, but wouldn't really matter. Yeah, it hasn't been great. Okay, yeah. let's uh, get to our first big game here. Honestly, kind of a not the greatest uh, slate here. We were spoiled last last week with a lot of really good games. But our first one here is Miami at Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech is favored too, Ryan. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's kind of a little surprising that Virginia Tech, I mean, if you just kind of look off last week, right, Virginia Tech loses a home game to, to uh, Liberty, and then now uh, they're uh, favorites against Miami squad here. Um, I, I like Miami. I'm going to take those two points. When you got at King, who is just like carrying Miami, He's, he was awesome against NC State last week i mean that was on a friday night he just carried them he was doing everything um i'm not gonna go against him and i don't trust virginia tech's defense i mean obviously they gave up 38 to 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 liberty and they've just been giving up plays left and right so uh and miami while their defense hasn't been up to par as what we're used to i do think that they have enough talent on that side to maybe come up with a few stops so i i'm just really this is just i'm not going against Derek king so that's really what it comes down to. I, I do love Derek King, but I, I feel like a lot of people are going to look at this and we'll take Miami, kind of one of those odd spreads. Uh, I'm going to take the Hokies. Miami, they're 6-1, and one, but they flirted with a couple losses. They had to make the big comeback last week against NC State. Looked yeah, kind of bleak there true. for a moment. Uh, and then the week before, they squeaked one out against Virginia at home. I mean, they still might be without their star tight end, Brevin Jordan. Uh, but I agree, Derek Derek King should have a field day against that Hokie Hokie defense, but the Hokies, I mean, um, they still have Hennon Hooker. He can run. They got Blackshear because we actually Khalil Herbert is questionable. Uh, but I think the Hokies could win a shootout. I agree. I think yeah, I think it could be a shootout. I love Virginia Tech's offense. No problem on on that side of the ball with the way that offensive line is blocking and Hendon Hooker is running and not they're not passing the ball a lot, but they they haven't really needed to. Um, and you know. I, the the one thing that I guess gives me cause for pause is that defense, Ryan, that you brought up. They've just been – it's been a rough season. It's really, honestly, Justin Fuente, at least on the field this year, I think is probably getting a bad rap. I know off the field and recruiting and, you know, just personality-wise with the Virginia Tech fan base, it seems like it's it's not working out. But on the field, I think he's actually done a pretty reasonable job this year. They're 4-2 and two in the ACC. Um, they've had – COVID issues have hit them harder than just about anybody, uh, especially in the secondary. They've had injuries. They're just playing. I think they're down to like a, they're playing like three or four safeties, you know, at once just because they, they don't have the depth at corner right now. So uh, defense is a struggle, but I'll, I'll say they uh, win in a shootout. Uh, Oregon minus 10 at Washington State. And Washington State, Trey, you mentioned barely had enough players to play last week uh, at Oregon State. So hopefully they're in a better situation this week but uh still got a good win with uh the the true freshman quarterback you brought up who ran the run and gun or the the run and gun the uh run and shoot <laughs> offense it's similar yeah whatever <laughs> close enough in in high school uh but i just think oregon is a is a much bigger test for a true freshman quarterback oregon state's defense 
arguably eh, probably better than Arizona's defense, I, but they're one of the worst in, in the Pac-12. So uh, if yeah. if Oregon can can show up to this game and their defense can live up to the hype, uh, I guess unlike it did last week, then I think the Oregon offense with Joe Moorhead is is good enough to win by margin. So that's why I'm taking Oregon. Uh, I'm gonna go the other way. Uh, I am. I'm gonna take the Cougs. Um, I just I wasn't all that impressed with Oregon last week there the other offense was somewhat efficient the defense was leaky against a very below average quarterback um I just didn't think they really performed all that well Jet Toner obviously we mentioned missed four field goals that game should have been a nail-biter it should have come down to that and I think if it was I think Michael might be singing a different tune right now um (laughs) meanwhile I like what I said man (laughs) well I just you know I'm just I'm just results oriented Michael no you're you're right to an extent the defense it, it the defense did not play well other than in the red zone which i, I don't know if you can count on continuing so that's mm-hmm. a concern yep um so anyways yeah I, I i liked what i saw from the coups given that they were missing so many people um it took care of business on the road and i i, I like we kind of talked about before the year i mean oregon state is not what they were a couple years ago they're not absolutely terrible they jonathan smith has turned that program around and they're a, they're a decent team so going to win at the beavers isn't you know isn't a bad win at all so um i think in court in in uh pullman uh oregon's gonna be challenged here i think it's gonna be a tough one for them um they have a lot of new pieces too that they're gonna be facing um so i think with that i'll take the happily those 10 points pullman they're gonna be ready to go i'm gonna take the kooks too but i mean the ducks are the classier team um and yeah, they'll, they'll probably true. win <laughs> yeah but i I liked what I saw out of Delora, and I think the Cougs can can keep it inside the number. Maybe a backdoor cover. Okay, Wisconsin is minus four at Michigan. Trey, I, good luck breaking down this game. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to take the Badgers. Uh, obviously, they're going to have some COVID rust um, and maybe some depth issues. It appears Graham Mertz will, it should be able to go under center. It's not like official, but it, it seems promising. Um, but last year, Wisconsin, obviously they're a different team, not full strength, but Wisconsin went up 35 nothing on Michigan before Michigan scored a, a couple touchdowns. I, I'm not saying that, but, uh, but I think they'll, they'll beat the Wolverines. Um, Wisconsin, they were a little vulnerable against the run in their, their one and only game, but Michigan last week was only able to muster 13 rushing yards against Indiana. So they're not. Yeah. Jamming it down people's throat. I, they, I guess they did well against Minnesota, but we saw how bad Minnesota's defense was. But anyways, I, I trust the Badger defense to slow down the Wolverines and Milton. And then on the other side of the ball, Indiana put up 400, 460 yards on Don Brown's defense. So I think the Badgers will be licking their chops. Yeah, per SP Plus, this uh, Wisconsin should be about a nine-point favorite. Obviously, it doesn't take into account all the players they could be missing and the fact that they've, they've missed, of course, a lot of practice. But it's still just so hard to uh, to bet against Wisconsin here, the way they looked. I know it was against Illinois, but Graham Mertz, 20 for 21. And uh, I'm with you. I think he will play here. Uh, I mean, he's going to be available, they said. It's just a question of if he's you know gets in enough practice to right. that they think he's the best option. And I mean, this is such a big game. It's like if he's if he is literally available, I feel like you got to play him um that's my thought yeah i agree i i just 
I, there is the, I, the unknown obviously makes you a little bit worried to take the Badgers, but if you just kind of wash that out of your brain, like, man, the Wisconsin only a four point favorite against a struggling Michigan team. It seems kind of like a no brainer. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm taking the Badgers too. Okay. Northwestern minus three at Purdue. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, it's a big, big, big game here for the Big Ten West. Uh, winner will have a leg up in the conference. Uh, they'll, you know, Northwestern sitting at three and oh, Purdue sitting at two and oh. Um, we don't still know the, the, for sh- the status of Rondell Moore. Um, it's, he might play, but we don't know. Uh, they, Jeff Brom's been keeping it very, very close to vest yeah. on that one. I wouldn't count on so, it. I don't know. Hopefully. Yeah, I wouldn't count on it, but yep. Milton Wright has stepped up, uh, kind of in his place. He's been looking good. They just, they churn him out, man. Jeff Brom, man, he just knows what he's doing with those, those receivers. And of course you got David Bell, who's a stud. Uh, on the other side. So they're, they're, they still got weapons. Even if Rondell Moore doesn't play, that would just be icing on the cake. Um, and of course, Aiden O'Connell, I think he's looked pretty good in this first two games. Uh, so their offense is going to do doing pretty well. And Northwestern flip side, I mean, you know, they played in Nebraska last week. Nebraska should have won that game. They, they had so many opportunities to score. Uh, they just did, you know, they just whatever choked once they got to the red zone. Just not impressed with uh, their offense, Northwestern's offense. I think the, the the difference in those two offenses is too great for me. So I'll take the the better offensive team at home. I trust them a little bit more. So give me Purdue. Gonna lock it in. You gonna lock it in? No. Okay. <laughs> Northwestern, though, I agree with what you're saying. Northwestern has a way of uglying up a game with that that great defense. Um, the offense, like you said, it leaves something to be desired. Uh, they should have at least some success though against a middle of the road. Purdue defense, but all that said, I I trust Jeff Brom. Uh, Purdue's one of those teams this year that I just think they're poised for this big turnaround. They've looked good through the first couple games. A win here, they're right next to uh, Wisconsin for that Big Ten uh, West champ crowning. Uh, I like Aiden O'Connell, what he's shown this year so far. I think they're going to make a few more plays against Patty Fisher in that Northwestern defense. So I'm going to take the points at home with the Boilermakers, and I'm going to lock them in, my lock mm. of the week. All right. Let Trey have it. Yeah, their uh, their game against Wisconsin last week got canceled, so they've pretty much had a bye week here to prepare for prepare for Northwestern. They also might be getting George Karloftis back from uh, from injury. That would be huge, obviously. He's That'd such a big, big part of that defense. Uh, man, if they got both him and Rondell Moore back this weekend, that would be oh, God. that would that would probably shift the point spread wow. a little bit. But um, yeah, I just think uh, three points is really valuable against a Northwestern team. Trey, that you brought up, just uglies up games. Like Northwestern might win, but they could easily win by one, two, or three points. And uh, and I think Purdue's definitely a live dog. So I'm with you. I'm going to make Purdue my lock. Yes, Let's oh boy, go. we, we could have made go. it a triple lock, Ryan. It's never well. I mean, it's I possibly just really thought about it, but. I'm going somewhere else now. Okay. Well, let's uh, get to the to the rest of the, the big games this week with our honorable mentions. All right. I'm going to lead us off. We got Indiana is given seven and a half at Michigan State. This is gross, but I'm going to take the points with Sparty. Last <laughs> week, they got absolutely trucked by Iowa. But Michigan State had three turnovers, led to some short field touchdowns. They also gave up a punt return. Iowa has a much better defense than the Hoosiers. So the Hoosiers, they're flying high after their their wins recently. It's going to be tough to watch that Sparty offense, but I think the defense can slow down Penix just enough to get the cover. Cal at Arizona State. The Sun Devils are given four and a half. Good storylines here. I'm curious to see how the Sun Devils bounce back after that tough loss we, we talked about earlier at SC. 
If they play like that, I think they should beat Cal. Cal has some question marks with COVID, of course, players out. We weren't able to see them, of course. Um, so they're a big wild card. I want to see Chase Garbers in the new offense. It's a big uh, system shift, it seems. Well, uh, seems. Um, is he going to adapt to it? Will the defense take a regression like most people are uh, kind of thinking? Or is Wilcock going to sprinkle some of that mm. defensive I'm not magic? thinking just, it. I'm, I'm bullish on the Cal defense. Okay. Yeah, you okay. are. There's, uh, to me, there's just a lot of questions. So I'm going to take the ASU team that I saw on Saturday almost beat the Trojans. But it's really tough. Ohio State given 25 at Maryland. Talia Tagovailoa has been one of the best stories the last few weeks. The Terps, shocking upset. You know, that was amazing to see against Penn State. But And they're playing with confidence, but the, the Buckeyes are the big, guy, uh, the big guy on the block. After going through the motions in their game against Rutgers, I think they'll be sharp. They're going to want to quiet, quiet down the Terps. I'm going to lay the points with the Buckeyes. I just don't see Maryland being able to stop them. And then finally, Hawaii is taking on San Diego State. The Aztecs are given 11. I'm going to take the points with Hawaii. Cordero has been a little inconsistent at quarterback, but he had a huge game last week, threw for over 400 yards. He's also a capable runner, and they're going to need his dual threat ability against that that very good Aztec defense. If the Aztecs want to roll here, they can't afford to turn the ball over. They coughed it up three times last week. I trust their defense to make enough stops, but can the offense help them out? I think that Cordero and the Rainbow Warriors will get a backdoor cover here. All righty, Notre Dame minus 13.5 at Boston College. I'll, I'll go with uh, the Fighting Irish here. Other than that Louisville game, which had weird weather, limited possessions, they've won by double digits against you know all of the lesser teams they've played. So uh, they, they bring it pretty much every week. I'll, I'll be interested to see, though, uh, Phil Dracovic, obviously having a great season, former Notre Dame quarterback, you know, going up against his, his old team. Uh, SMU at Tulsa. Tulsa's favored two and a half. They are quietly 3-0 in the AAC, with, uh, including a win over UCF. But I'm going to go with, uh, with SMU here. Even without his top receiver, Reggie Robertson, I thought that was going to really slow down this offense. And it, it hasn't. The last couple of games, they've, they've put up big numbers. Um, so I'm going to bet on, on Shane Bichelle uh, getting a couple points, two and a half actually. USC is minus 14 at Arizona. That's a lot of points. Uh, for for me to give with with this USC defense that seems to have the same issues uh, as last year with tackling, and I think Arizona with Grant Gannell is actually going to be possibly a bigger test for USC's defense than even Jaden Daniels was. Jaden Daniels was not sharp passing the ball at all. I mean, maybe USC's defense had something to do with that, but and the fact that he was missing Frank Darby his top weapon. Uh, so I, I think Arizona could could be a bigger threat. So I will take the points with Arizona. And then Colorado at Stanford. Stanford's favored seven. Great first game for for Carl Durrell at, at Colorado, beating UCLA. But they did win the turnover battle in that game, four to zero. It's of course a, a tough thing to count on moving forward. And we, we've talked about Stanford. It seems like a bunch this episode. If they just could friggin' convert in the red zone, they would have really been in that game uh, against Oregon. So whether it's Davis Mills or Jack West, the backup who played well last week. I think they'll they'll get the cover. All right, let's go with my games here. My first game uh, was Texas A&M and Tennessee, which got postponed. So, second game, uh, Penn State at Nebraska. Penn State's favored three. Two teams fighting to stay out of the cellar of the conference here. Uh, who knows what's going on with Penn State at the situation? Uh, there's no reason for them to be this bad. They still have talent, so it's just really. Yeah, and weird. the first two games they uh, played fine. Like I know they were still yeah, 0-2, but they played fine. 
Exactly. Yeah, that that last game was just a mind boggler. But uh, anyways, I think going up against a, a Nebraska team that really really doesn't pose much of a threat offensively may help help them kind of get their their confidence back. And uh, I don't trust Nebraska's defense to slow down really anybody a ton. Um, so I think Penn State will win this one. Um, what? I'm just I'm What's anticipating that? something right now. No, I'm not going to make. Oh, it. okay. Uh, yeah, I, th- I thought about it, but uh, <laughs> he's yeah, going to trick us. Nebraska is his lock. Whoa. Oh God! Oh no way! No way! I'm not gonna, <laughs> yeah. never going to lock them on the that side. Um, yeah. yeah. So Penn State there. Um, the next game, Wake Forest uh, at North Carolina. North Carolina's favorite, thirteen and a half. UNC responded pretty well uh, last week after and they destroyed uh, Duke. Um, it wasn't even close. Uh, but Wake, Wake's the team that's coming in hot here. They won four in a row. Sam Hartman uh, has been playing really, really well. They got another weapon on the outside that stepped up, Corey Roberts, Roberson. Um, and now they got to pair him with Donovan Green. Wake's got a, a good good little duo to work with there. I think Wake can keep pace here with uh, Sam Howell. I think this will be a high-scoring game. So I will take uh, Wake Forest. And my last game... <laughs> Yeah, my last game here. I got uh, Oregon State at UW. UW's favorite, 13 and a half. It's the nightcap. This game is at 11 o'clock Eastern time, so we get ourselves a nice a nice Pac-12 after dark game. Uh, unfortunately, UW didn't get to play last week uh, against Cal, which we all were really looking forward to. Um, so this will be UW's first game. And as Joel are, uh, uh, pointed out in our Discord, uh, our fellow patron, if you look back at history, teams that haven't played a game actually have an advantage over teams that have already played. So the, the, this getting out the jitters, so to say, doesn't actually pay dividends. It's wow. better to not have. I I blocked Joel, so I didn't see that. But I, I that's that. <laughs> it kind of makes some sense because yeah, there's no film to go off of. I guess is the yeah yeah. I guess that's what it is. But you, they've you go back over a long period, a ton of data, data and lie, right? So they it's that's the way it is. So I'm gonna go with UW um, after Oregon State a little bit struggled with with, with the Cougs last week. I'm gonna take UW. I'm gonna make UW my lock. All righty. There you have it. Week 11. Uh, Let's close out the episode, as always, with a questionable finish. James Stefanow, kicker for Colorado and the oldest player in college football at Brian's age of 33, uh, decided to retire. What's something you're currently way too old to do? Well, I mean... I'm, I, I kind of had this realization last year when I was playing uh, basketball with my, my high school kids that I put that I coach. I'm kind of just getting too old to play with them nowadays. Ooh. Like I was, I am just running out of juice, man. I go and try to drive in the paint and normally, you know, back in the day I could jump and kind of do a crazy finish around the rim, but I just got nothing. Like mm. I go in and I, <laughs> and I'm, I'm running out of gas real early. You know, I, I just can't keep up anymore. I, I just really can't. Wow. Uh, yeah. I am uh, way too old to hate bedtime. But I still, I I hate bedtime. Mm. I don't want to go to sleep every night. I don't want to go to sleep, but yeah, got to do it. I hear you. Yeah. The, you want to be on your phone. You want to be doing yeah something exactly. I I hear you on that. I'm way too old to be eating the mass amount of Halloween candy that I've been having and intaking all this amount of sugar since Halloween. I it's it has to be taking a bigger toll on my body now than it was 20 years ago. What's what's your favorite Halloween candy? Don't say Kit Kat. Don't say Kit Kat. Kit Kats are no, good. No, so I, it's not Kit Kat. Kit Kat is good though. Chocolate, I think I go Reese's peanut butter cups. Yeah, classic. Candy, I love Sour Patch Kids. Yeah, same here. Okay, good choices. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. 
Uh, okay, ESPN uh, announced that much of Bill Connolly's writing will soon be going behind the ESPN Plus paywall. What's a monthly subscription that you have that's totally worth it? And what's one that you're considering cutting? Worth it, uh, Amazon Prime. I guess that might be annual, but whatever. It's, yeah. The shipping and returns alone is great. But we use the, the Prime Music and Prime Video. It's awesome. Uh, one I'm considering cutting. I haven't fully, fully considered it yet. But as more and more stuff goes to streaming, I might cut cable. Uh, oh, man. I mainly have it for the live sports uh, and the ease of DVR and whatnot. But a lot of stuff is transitioning. And it seems like it's just a matter of time before the technology improves there. I know. The problem is then you're like Ryan in our Discord. Hey, everybody, could you wait 40 seconds to, to call out a touchdown? Because <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. Oh. I can't do it yet. Yeah. I didn't ask you to wait. I you just did. You Okay. You asked me to wait. Well, maybe if it's in the Nebraska. No, game, there was but. another game that you, I, I promise you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, yeah. I, for me, what is worth it is if you're watching YouTube right now, this is coming to you via StreamYard, which is just a subscription service that does video podcasting. As we did our live streams uh, on the weekends uh, before for during game day. Um, so they're great. One I'm considering cutting is The Athletic. And it's nothing nothing against The Athletic. They're great. But usually when I find articles I want to read from The Athletic, it's on Twitter. I'll just be scrolling my Twitter app and, oh, there's an article. Boom. But the Twitter browser does not remember my username and password. So I would have to go type it in every Ooh. time. It's just a mess. So it does, I'm not getting good use. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. And it's uh, so expensive. Trey, Trey said it's Amazon, so which is obviously Amazon. No, just Prime's good because then you get you can watch Amazon TV and Amazon Prime TV as well. That's that's pretty good stuff. Um, Spotify, we have Spotify, which is pretty good. Um, so that's that that works. You also kind of get Hulu with that, um, so that works out pretty good. But one I actually don't have that I'm probably going to get here pretty soon. I guess it's like Trey said, this one's not a monthly one, but Costco. Um, I'm not a Costco member, and there's one like two miles from me so i really make sense i gotta it i is. gotta do that i like costco. get a costco card um as far as getting rid of something i i cut the cord i got rid of cable about six months ago so kind of already mentioned that but it just kind of made sense especially with when sports were just not even going on it's like man what am i yeah. you know what am i doing um so i'm saving about what, over 100 bucks a month or so with that so that helps but then but i guess otherwise like so I would probably go with like a car insurance on one of my cars. You're going to cut car insurance? <laughs> what? <laughs> You're just going to go without it. Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> we have two cars. Okay. We never drive now. You know, there's no reason to drive. Yeah. So we can really just get it to one car and we'll just use that one car. Okay, so you're just going to leave the, and the car sitting there? Yeah, we'll just leave the other car sitting there for a while. Like with Geico, uh, they're so flexible with like you can just cut coverage for like, hey, I'm gonna take it off. So they'll they'll kind of refund you for whatever you don't use. Or is that legal? Um, can you do that? I guess if you're not driving it, I don't know. Yeah, if you're not driving it, I I mean, there, I wouldn't think you would need. To, I guess so. I'll just say, hey, I don't need the coverage anymore. So, yeah. You know, what are they gonna do? I don't know. Arrest you? They've they, I've really, used Geico a lot. They're really, really flexible. A they'll, questionable they'll, finish. They'll, they'll rent you. They'll pay you retro for what you didn't use so you know, all right just pay you only need one car right now we hardly ever drive. by the way when i was talking over ryan earlier i was complaining about the athletic being super expensive obviously sarcastically it's a very, very good deal uh anyway upset special time uh you got to pick a seven plus point underdog to win outright last week i hit liberty 
uh, over Virginia Tech as I think a two very touchdown good. underdog. Very good. You took that real early. I want. I know we too. we have a text thread where we reserve the upset specials. Yeah, I, I got go I got there early to that one. Uh, this <laughs> week I was two guys. Yeah, yeah. This week I'm taking Arizona uh, against USC. I know USC's offense should have an easier go of it uh, against uh, Arizona. Did I say Arizona twice there? No. Yeah, you mentioned Arizona. I don't know what's going on anymore. But you were fine. Okay, I think I did say it right. USC's offense should have an easier go of it. But I really like Grant Gannell. I, I think that the Arizona offense could give USC some trouble. I'm going to say, Ryan, you mentioned it earlier. I'm going to take Wake Forest. They're getting 13 and a half at the Tar Heels. Uh, Dave Clawson quietly has Wake 4 and 2. They've won four in a row, convincing fashion. Only losses to Clemson and a nail-biter at NC State when they had Devin Leary. Sam Hartman, Kenneth Walker, they can get it done. Yeah, Wake's been good, man. Their win total, I think they already might have matched it or something for this year. Really close. They they just keep underrating Dave Clawson. Keep doing it. Right? He's, he's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to take the Cougs. They're getting 10 against the, the Ducks. Uh, you can see some magic sometimes up there on the Palouse. And... Uh, Rolovich, man. The Rolovich is a good coach. I'm high on him. So I can see the, the Cougs, Jane DeLore, and getting some guys back. Maybe Bo- hopefully Borgie is ready to go in this game. Um, if they get some of those guys back, the Cougs have a, a real chance. All righty. Thanks for listening to the College Football Bros Conf- podcast or the College Football Bros Conference. I don't <laughs> know what's Football going Bros. on. What? Anyway. Comcast? Hey, listen. If you watch on YouTube, make sure to give us a thumbs up. Even if you don't, go on to YouTube, give us a thumbs up, subscribe helps people find the show if you're if you watch us on youtube subscribe in your podcast app same reason so really appreciate that uh check us out on patreon patreon.com slash college football bros uh there's a ton of bonus episodes up there and you get to join our discord which we talked about a little bit in the podcast we could use a replacement for joel because he's not a big fan yeah he's a know-it-all we're cutting that cord Yes, I agree with everything you said. So thanks for listening again. We'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, Follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening. Cox can help make your home smarter and your life easier. Now you can use your Contour Voice Remote to connect to your home life cameras so you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox Voice Remote and watch them while you're in the house. And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com thisishome today.